0: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi wraps up her historic visit to Taiwan after a series of threats from Beijing. A Chinese company is eyeing a deep water port and airstrip in the Solomon Islands that's amid mounting concerns in the West about a potential Chinese military base just a thousand miles from Australia. India is on high alert. A Chinese military ship plans to visit one of its neighbors, though the country says the ship is only there to refuel, and a dangerous dance between three Pacific powers. New Zealand is looking to improve its relations with Beijing, while the U.S. seeks to boost military ties with the island country. Welcome to China In Focus, I'm Tiffany Meyer. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has left Taiwan. During her visit, she expressed U.S. support for the democratic island. She also took a jab directly at Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping. Here's a closer look at her trip.
1: U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi departed Taiwan on Wednesday. That's after her historic meeting with the Taiwanese president and lawmakers in the Taiwanese parliament. When asked about whether her visit provoked the Chinese Communist Party leader and China's aggressive rhetoric, here's what Pelosi had to say.
2: Uh, But it also is about our shared values of democracy and freedom and how Taiwan has been an example to the world in that regard. And um, whether it's certain insecurities on the part of the president of China as to his own political situation that he's rattling a saber, I don't know. But it doesn't really matter. What matters to us is that we salute the successes of Taiwan."
1: Head of the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, Xi Jinping is set to secure a third term in power later this year, breaking long-standing precedent. Though he currently faces internal political pressure due to self-inflicted economic struggles tied to pandemic policy and worsening international relations for the regime. Pelosi may have added to the regime's distress. During her visit, she also met with representatives from human rights groups who faced suppression or persecution from the Chinese regime. Among them, Tibetans as well as Hong Kong and Tiananmen Square dissidents. She also waved off China's military response to her visit, saying whatever China was going to do, they'll do in their own good time. Chinese state media have announced missile tests and military drills that will encircle Taiwan, complete with live ammunition. That's within minutes of Pelosi's landing on the island. State media also aired footage of the drills and shared a map of their locations. The moves have raised concerns about a possible blockade around Taiwan, which many believe would be the CCP's first step in a potential invasion. But when asked if the U.S. and China are close to conflict, Congressman Adam Kinzinger argues if there's escalation, it's on Beijing.
3: I think we're closer every day. I don't think it's necessarily related to this. It's related to China's desire to to take Taiwan. It's just like Russia and Ukraine. Um, And so, yeah, I think every day we're closer. I think, frankly, conflict is uh, very likely, not necessarily in the near future, but at some point in the future, this is why standing up with strength and making it clear that we will defend our friends, uh, I think is important to mitigate that possibility.
1: Aside from military aggression, an expert warns that the CCP can also use trade to threaten Taiwan and the world.
4: Well, economic coercion is important. The more economically successful Taiwan is, separate of China's economic engine, the more vitality and uh, independence with a small eye Taiwan has, the more ability it has for self-determination. The, less, the more that China can constrict that by pressuring the island and pressuring global markets and global businesses not to engage the island, the more they can make the case or press Taiwan to engage China economically. And that, of course, equips China then to leverage that economic dependency into political concessions. So that, that, I think, is the longer-term
3: concern.
1: Following Pelosi's visit, the Chinese regime also banned the import of more than 100 Taiwanese food products, including a number of popular brands. Though the regime has fallen short of taking any of the actual military actions it vowed prior to Pelosi's visit.
0: Various countries have responded to Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, and the military exercises China launched in response to it. Japan expressed its concern over the military operations.
1: The sea area announced by China as the region of military exercises to be conducted from noon on August 4th includes Japan's exclusive economic zone. Japan has expressed its concern to the Chinese side, taking into account that the contents of the military activities include live fire drills.
0: Australia's prime minister said Wednesday that the level of American engagement with Taiwan is a matter for the United States. He stressed the importance of maintaining the peaceful status quo.
1: We live in an era where there's strategic competition and increased tension in our region, and where China has taken a more aggressive posture in the region. But our position on Taiwan is clear. We don't want to see any unilateral change to the status quo. And we'll continue to work with partners to promote peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait.
0: On Wednesday, the European Union called for tensions between the U.S. and China to be resolved through dialogue. It asked for communication channels with the Chinese regime to be kept open to avoid miscalculation. With Pelosi standing on Taiwanese soil, for some, the site brought memories flooding back. That's from the last time the island stood at the brink of a full-scale crisis with Beijing. From 1995 to 1996, tensions soared between Taipei, Beijing and Washington. The dispute peaked when Beijing fired missiles just 30 miles from Taiwan. Similar to today's situation, Beijing blamed the U.S. for the conflict. It accused Washington of violating its One China policy. The stance recognizes Beijing's claim over the island, but doesn't support it. Back in the 90s, Beijing feared that then-Taiwan President Li hui would push the island toward independence. Li became president in 1988 and was the island's first leader born and raised in Taiwan. Under his leadership, Taiwan deepened its democratic model, and political parties that supported independence grew. Tensions erupted when the Clinton administration granted Lee a visa to visit his alma mater, Cornell University, in 1995. Washington shifted its diplomatic relations from Taipei to Beijing in 1979. Since then, the U.S. had generally restricted visits from senior Taiwan officials. But Lee used the trip to share his experience and criticize Beijing's communist regime. In response, Beijing's then-leader, Jiang Zeming, tested missiles just 85 miles north of Taiwan's capital. At the same time, he blasted Li with scathing comments. The verbal and military action did appear to have some success. By Taiwan legislative elections in late 1995, a large portion of the vote redirected to a pro-Beijing party. Later, ahead of Taiwan's presidential election in March 1996, Beijing still threatened Taiwan militarily. The U.S. pressed China to de-escalate. Instead, China announced more missile tests to be held about 30 miles from Taiwan's two port cities. The Clinton administration sent out two aircraft carrier groups in response. Despite Beijing's attempts, Li Tenghui won the presidential election. And the three-way crisis lost steam. Shifting back to today's tensions, a former presidential advisor to Li gave his take on what's happening. He said, quote, I don't think China will dare to use force against the United States, but it will want to punish Taiwan. The annual Super Garuda Shield military exercises began Wednesday. They are hosted by the U.S. and Indonesia and come as tensions with China heighten in the Indo-Pacific region. AndiD's Chenny Wu has the story.
4: Ah! The United States and Indonesia began annual joint combat exercises Wednesday. This year's Super Garuda Shield military exercise included more than 5,000 soldiers from the U.S., Indonesia, Australia, Japan and Singapore, making them the largest since the drills were established in 2009. The exercises feature Army, Navy, Air Force and Marine drills and will last until August 14th.
3: Uh, with all of the technical and procedural aspects of this, it's just a, a really important expression of our uh, our teamwork and our interoperability and our uh, our uh, our unity really as a, as a group of nations that uh, are you know, seek to continue to have a free and open Indo-Pacific.
4: The Indo-Pacific region has become the latest tug of war between the U.S. and China. The region supports more than 3 million American jobs. Plus, two-way trade between the U.S. and the region stands at over $2 trillion. It's also the source of nearly $900 billion in foreign direct investment in the United States. Beyond that, its location holds important military significance. The number of U.S. troops stationed there is higher than in any other region outside the U.S. And six countries there have nuclear weapons. The Chinese communist regime has been increasingly assertive over its claim to virtually the entire South China Sea. To back that up, Beijing has been significantly increasing military activity in the Indo-Pacific region over the past five years. China likely sees this year's expanded drills as a threat. Chinese state media outlets have accused the U.S. of building an Indo-Pacific alliance similar to NATO to intentionally provoke conflict. The two-week drills opened after China said it would conduct targeted military operations to, in its words, safeguard national sovereignty. The statement came in response to U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. Beijing claims the island as its own, though the communist regime has never ruled Taiwan. Chenny Wu, NTD News.
0: A Chinese state-owned company is buying a forestry plantation in the Solomon Islands. But when the Chinese delegation visited the island, they asked nothing about the forests. Instead, reports say they were extra curious about the length of the wharf, an area where ships dock to load and unload, and the depth of the water. Other than tens of thousands of acres of forest, the plantation also covers a deep water port and a World War II-era airstrip. The purchase plan has raised alarms in Australia and allied countries about the Chinese regime's real plan. Beijing has already signed a security agreement with the Solomon Islands, causing panic in the West. And given the island's strategically important location, many have suspected that what the regime really wants is a military base on the Pacific Island. In an interview, former U.S. National Security Council advisor Alex Gray explained why the Solomon Islands are so important.
5: I think that if Solomon Islands uh, ends up with a dual-use facility or a permanent base or or some in-between hybrid model that gives the Chinese uh, access, it's going to be the most devastating uh, impact on the security of the first island chain going into the second island chain since World War II. It will be the greatest threat to Australian national security since 1945. Um, I I don't think you can exaggerate how much of a danger it will be to uh, the alliance structure that the United States has built.
0: The first island chain consists of a group of islands, including Taiwan, Japan's Okinawa and the Philippines. It was seen as the first line of defense to contain the spread of Soviet Union influence during the Cold War and now communist China. The second island chain contains U.S. naval base Guam. Gray mentioned that the Solomon Islands are only a few hours' flight from Australia, and the islands sit astride Australia's sea lines of communication.
5: There's a reason why thousands of Americans died in World War II fighting to keep Henderson Field uh, on Guadalcanal operative because the control of that, that uh that island is absolutely critical for Australia's uh, outlet to the wider world, and you know, I, I think there is a there is a real not just Australian national imperative, but an American national imperative, from an alliance management standpoint in keeping the Solomon's from from going down this path.
0: As reported by Australian media outlet ABC, the current owners of the forestry plantation are voicing concerns. Taiwanese and Australian shareholders wrote a letter to the Australian government in May, warning that the sale could pose risks or strategic threats to Australia. They say actions are needed to prevent China from taking control of the port and airstrip and establishing a base. According to ABC, Australia's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade wrote back to the board last week, saying it was not intervening. A Chinese military survey ship will visit a strategic port in Sri Lanka later this month. The country says the ship is just there to refuel, seemingly to quell worries about the situation from India. Let's look into it.
1: Sri Lanka is trying to reassure its neighbor, India. The country is concerned over Sri Lanka's ties to China and how a Chinese military ship plans to visit a strategic critical port there. Sri Lanka's Hambantota Tota port is known as a classic example of Beijing's Belt and Road Initiative. Some have labeled the Chinese state-run infrastructure program as debt-trap diplomacy. Here's how it happened. The Chinese regime lent money to Sri Lanka and helped build the port. After construction was finished, it turned out that the project wasn't profitable, meaning Sri Lanka found itself saddled with a pile of debt and little to no income from the completed project. In order to pay back the Chinese loan, the country's government agreed to rent the port to China for 99 years. Here's the issue. India and some countries in the West have long worried that the Chinese regime plans to turn the port into a military base, making it an inroad for the Chinese Navy to cast its influence into the Indian Ocean. And an upcoming visit of a Chinese military survey ship has ignited those fears.
0: The government carefully monitors any development having a bearing on India's security and economic interests, and takes all necessary measures to safeguard them. I think that should be a clear
1: message. But Sri Lanka is telling India not to worry. They say the Chinese ship is just coming there to refuel. For more than 10 years, China has been on a buying spree for seaports around the world. It now owns stake and in investments in ports in more than 60 countries across six continents. But those widespread purchases are raising concerns. Studies say Beijing may intend to weaponize these ports.
0: Coming up, shifting relationships between powers in the Pacific. We look at how the U.S. is looking to deepen military ties with New Zealand, and how New Zealand is looking to improve its relations with China. Plus, a deeper dive into why British businesses are cutting ties with China. That and more after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. New Zealand's prime minister says she wishes to lead a delegation to China when conditions allow. She's urging the two countries to cooperate despite their differences. Let's take a closer look at the situation.
6: New Zealand's prime minister says she's willing to visit China to strengthen in-person connections. Right now, much of China remains under lockdown, but Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says she looks forward to the return of in-person ministerial visits if restrictions ease. Ardern wants to have a dialogue on climate issues, as well as the trade and economic relationship between the two countries. She adds New Zealand's relationship with Beijing is one of its most important and complex. Ardern says even though there were areas that mattered deeply to New Zealand, And that the two countries disagree on, New Zealand is willing to engage.
4: It would be wrong to characterize this engagement, including that of China, as new. It would also be wrong to position the Pacific in such a way that they have to pick sides. These are democratic nations with their own sovereign right to determine their foreign policy engagements.
6: Beyond that, she addressed China's influence in the Pacific. Beijing has been seeking to grow its influence in the Pacific. One of the most recent developments is the security pact with the Solomon Islands. Because of its close proximity to Australia, many in the West are concerned the deal could lead to a Chinese military base just a thousand miles off the coast of Australia. Arden also voiced worries about the security pact earlier
4: this year. I'm deeply uh, concerned by the developments that we're, that we're hearing and seeing in the, in the Pacific uh, based on the what's being reported around the Solomon Islands.
6: On top of that, she repeated concerns around a variety of issues, including Beijing's economic coercion, human rights issues, Xinjiang, Hong Kong, and growing tensions in the Pacific and the Taiwan Strait. She said it's not easy to manage the differences among countries, adding, there were no guarantees.
0: In other news from New Zealand, the US Indo-Pacific commander paid a visit to the country. The trip looks to boost bilateral relations, while in his words, the partnership between the two runs very deep. Here's more on his visit.
6: The head of the US Indo-Pacific Command made an official visit to New Zealand on Monday. The trip aimed to expand the partnership between the two countries amid Beijing's growing influence in the region. U.S. Commander Admiral John Aquilino said the U.S.-New Zealand partnership runs deep. He also noted that the two countries are doing many things together for the peace and prosperity of nations in the region. Aquilino's visit to New Zealand's capital, Wellington, followed a recent trip to neighboring Sydney, Australia. There he engaged with 27 senior military leaders at the Chief of Defense Conference, discussing ways to safeguard regional peace and stability. He confirmed that the U.S. would continue to operate in the areas allowed by international law, quote, no matter what else you might hear. New Zealand's military is small in size, but Aquilino says the U.S. welcomes all operations with all partners, regardless the move follows a highly controversial military pact signed between beijing and the solomon islands the deal has sparked concerns that beijing could build a military base in australia and new zealand's backyard recent reports have also revealed that a chinese state-owned firm was investigating the purchase of a deep water port and world war ii era airstrip in the solomon islands these developments have put the u.s on alert In July, Vice President Kamala Harris pledged to support Pacific leaders in a virtual address to the Pacific Islands Forum meeting. Her commitments include the building of new U.S. embassies and an increase in funding for regional programs. Meanwhile, the Solomon Islands prime minister has continued to deny that the Chinese regime will establish a military base in his country.
0: A British industry leader confirms that UK companies are leaving China. Let's take a closer look at why and what's driving the shift.
2: British businesses are cutting ties with China, reportedly because of concerns tied to rising political tensions. The head of the Confederation of British Industry, Tony Danker, said Saturday that every company he speaks to is rethinking their supply chains. That's because They anticipate that our politicians will inevitably accelerate towards a decoupled world from China. China was Britain's biggest source of imports last year, accounting for 13 percent of its total. But British security concerns have risen in recent years, fueled by many disagreements, including over Hong Kong. Last week, the head of the UK's intelligence service said China has become the country's top security concern over counterterrorism. Britain has also increasingly blocked Chinese takeovers of companies on national security grounds. On top of that, the remaining candidates for U.K. prime minister have said they intend to take a tougher line on China. Back to Danker, he mentioned U.S. influence has also played a role, noting how growing U.S. concern about China has made British companies more wary about being dependent on Chinese suppliers.
0: Experts say some car-based GPS trackers can be hacked, leading to potentially life-threatening situations. Some of those flaws have been found in a device made by MyCotis, a company based in the city of Shenzhen, China.
3: Here are the details. According to ARS-Technica, the MV-720 GPS tracker made by Micadis has not been patched to prevent critical vulnerabilities. Security firm Bitsight found six vulnerabilities in the tracker. Those include tracking cars without people knowing, disabling whole fleets of corporate or emergency vehicles, and even forcing personal cars to stop abruptly, causing dangerous situations like when driving on the highway. The security firm and the U.S. government are urging the public to stop using these popular trackers immediately. Additionally, researchers say these hacks can occur in other Mikidus models, too. The warning is serious. BitSight says the exploitation of these vulnerabilities could have disastrous and even life-threatening implications. Bitsight also revealed it's been trying to contact Micetus since September to notify the company of the vulnerabilities. They got no response, so the security firm and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency brought their findings to the public on Tuesday. The tracker has a broad user base. The Chinese company says 1.5 million devices are being used by over 400,000 customers. The security firm says it's in use in about 170 countries. The device costs about $20 on Amazon. Bitsight says customers that use the tracker include police governments, and militaries, plus logistics and manufacturing companies. More specifically, BitSight found that the trackers are used by a Fortune 50 energy company, one country's military in South America, a nuclear power plant operator, and a state in the eastern U.S.
0: That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching and see you tomorrow.
3: The 2022 NTD 8th International Chinese Vocal Competition will be held from September 29th to October 2nd at the Merkin Hall of Kaufman Music Center in New York City. The competition is honored to have specially invited vocalists with the world-renowned Shen Yun Performing Arts to serve on its panel of judges. The gold award is $10,000. For more information, please visit vocal.ntdtv.com.